something. It's a little, it's a little different, it's a little outlandish, it's a bit of an Australian tradition, if you will. Um, you might have heard of it, it's called prayer. Um, I'd like to, I'd love to kick us off with a word of prayer, so let's do that. Father God, thank you. First and foremost, God, we thank you that this is even possible. We thank you that we can gather together right here and be united as your people and talk about you and the impact that you have had in our lives and the impact that you can have in so many others. Lord, I thank you for this moment. I pray that you use me powerfully right here, that these will be your words and not my own, that you speak through me and that through the journey you've put me on, you can help to encourage each other, one another, Lord, that, that you will be first and foremost in all of this, that with all the things we talk about and all the things we do, you, above anything else and anyone else, that you will be glorified, that you will be made known, that you will be the one that people remember at the end of the day, and that we might play just a small part in that journey. So thank you for all of it, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity. In your son's name I pray. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, so yes, um, as you can probably tell from the way that I'm talking, I am Australian, um, but honestly, if it helps with communication, I'm happy to become American as well. Um, There you go. Um, But I'm not going to, because that would be really distracting, I feel. Um, But instead, what I want to do today is get really real with you guys, to get really honest, to just get really personal, um, rather than, you know, just talking about different stats and things. Thankfully, I don't have to. The guys earlier did a phenomenal job at sharing all of that. So the context is now there. They've made my job really easy. But what I can do is speak to you from a place of rawness and honesty, a a space of my personal origin story, if you will, into this ministry mode, A, a place that isn't just a story, but is a lived experience. And the one of the things that we're talking about right now is, you know, international ministry, right? And in any other context, in any other conference, that means a certain thing and it looks a certain way. But for us, in what we're talking about, in using the internet, it's actually something that, like it or not, you're a part of. Like, if you are on the internet, then you are a part of international ministry because the internet is, in fact, global. We all know this, but we don't always think about it. We don't always reflect that in the decisions that we make, in the language that we use, in the terminology that we use, in the the phrasing of different things. We don't always think about the fact that there are people that don't look like us, that don't sound like us, that have different understandings of different things than us. And I'm going to share with you sometimes that I got this wrong and sometimes that I got it right. And I'm going to share with you some of the, the places and the people that we have reached far beyond just Australia, which happens to be my hometown. To do that, we all need to sit in this space of being willing to, to learn what that cultural awareness really looks like. And I had to learn that because it's very easy to go, yeah, no, but I'm here in your context, but I'm in America, so of course I'll do it the American way, sure. But your people group are actually not just in America because the internet is global. I can still tune into any of your streams. I might and I might not, depending on what time you stream, but, and vice versa. But nonetheless, the amount of reach that we have is far beyond the geographic walls that we are so used to thinking about life in. And that is really, really important. You know, ironically, in the last year and a half, I have spoken on stages across Australia, uh, in in Europe, in Asia, now here on a stage in the US. This is a, a normal part of my life, and yet, the widest reach that I've had in all of those countries I just listed in those places 
is from my bedroom at home. It was from me being there and being present. I remember being in a, an airport in Santorini of all places, that's in Greece if you aren't aware, and having two German boys, shout out to our German friends over here, having these two German boys come up to me looking super awkward and go, could we get a picture? I'm like, what? I've never even been to this country, and you're not even from this country. Like, it was Australians and Germans meeting in Greece, and two boys that had happened to have watched the stream at some point in their life and recognized me and said, could we, could we get a photo? Which then led to a conversation with their mum, who was super confused, because <laughs> she had no idea what was going on. She's like, stop talking to strangers. And they're like, but mum, we want a photo. And, and I got to explain what I do and, and how <laughs> the internet works. Um, but, but that's the thing, right? What we do is, is really unique and has such incredible reach. But I'm going to pause that line of thinking and rewind time to a bit of my, my personal journey and my, my origin story, if you will. Everyone has one, and they're all different. And one of the things that I've loved about the last few days is getting to hear from more and more people what theirs have looked like. And what we can learn from that in similarities and differences is such a beautiful thing. And for those of you that this is the only context that you know, the, the American context, I think what's really cool is that you're going to hear some things that I'm going to say that you're going to be like, huh, that was my experience too, even though we are a world apart the way that God has worked, even throughout all of that, is quite incredible. So for me, um, it, it starts with, well, actually, where I will start this story is 2018. 2018, it is March of 2018. By this point, I've been working at a local church as a pastor there for coming up to 10 years. I, I was on about eight years at that point, but I was on staff. I was associate pastor. I was running a variety of things in the church, um, and things were being set up essentially for me to kind of one day lead that church. I was, I was born into that church. I had grown up in that church. Um, it was a fairly large church in Sydney, and that was it. That was, that was the journey. That was the story. I loved it. I loved the youth group that I would lead and the things that I was involved in, but I noticed something in March of 2018. I noticed a change in culture in our local area. Just, just near the church, the population of our local area was increasing. More and more people moving into the area. More densely populated. There was more people, but the places that I was so used to doing ministry physically, the local skate park and the local basketball court, just up the road from the church. I had spent a decade in those spaces meeting people and sharing God's love with them. Those places weren't empty, but they also weren't more populated. They didn't go down, but they didn't go up. So to the untrained eye, all is well, all is normal. Everything that worked before will work now. There's still kids at the skate park. There's still kids at the basketball court. But I didn't see it that way. I was like, yeah, I know that there are still people there. And ministry absolutely matters and needs to continue there. But there should be more. <laughs> so where are they? And one day I realized that to get to that skate park, I had to walk past dozens of homes. And these homes are where people were spending time. People like me the gamers of the world. And I noticed that, you know, little, little things, like in the church building that I had grown up in, where we would always be running around and playing different things, that same spot is where the kids would hang out. But now the difference is one of those kids had an iPad and were playing a game on their iPad and other kids were sitting around watching them play and taking turns. They were still being social. They were still interacting. It was different. And so for me, that started this journey of me going, I wonder, I wonder if there's a way that I can do exactly what I've been doing in our local church context for many years, but I wonder if there's a way that I could do that, that could reach those kids that are on the iPad or the people that I'm walking past, the, the other people like me, the gamers of the world. 
And now my nightly routine would be I would get home from a busy day of pastoral care at church, and I would go and I would turn the PlayStation on. I would, I would, I'm a gamer. That's what I would do. That was my downtime. So that day, I remember saying, I'm going to do something different today. I'm still going to do that, but I'm also going to turn on a webcam, and I'm going to just live stream this process. I didn't really know what any of that meant. I had never watched another live stream before, so it was all very new to me, but I figured, why not? In my mind, it was essentially me saying, I'm going to like leave the door open while I do this, and if someone walks past the door, then I'll get a chance to maybe say hi. Same thing that I would do at the skate park. I would just hang out. And so I did, and I went live, and zero viewers. Uh, it was fantastic. Like Lives were changed. It was a powerful, powerful moment. Um, Zero viewers, next stream, zero viewers again, et cetera, et cetera. Eventually, I see it click from zero to one. First person that's come through. After I got over the awkwardness of why is a stranger staring at me, um, I then kind of started this really awkward conversation. Um, and they said hi, and I said hi, and they ended up asking me a question that ended up changing the course of my life. They said, is this what you do for a job? I said, no. I'm an ordained reverend of a local church here in, in Sydney. It turns out they weren't from Sydney, they were actually from America. Um, and I said, no, I'm, I'm a pastor of a church. And then what they said to me, I'll never forget, they said, oh, I used to go to church once. Huh. Fair enough. Um, do you mind if I just ask you, like, do you, do you go anymore? Nope. Haven't been in over six years. Wow. Okay. That, that's, that's pretty full on. He goes, yeah, yeah, my entire family used to go. We used to serve in the church. We used to tithe to the church. We were actively involved in running Bible studies. We used to do all these different things. Very active church family, grown up in the church and all that. But now none of us have walked in in over six years. We, that's, that's our past life, not anymore. So I said, do you mind if I just ask what happened? And in that moment, because this person knew that I didn't know their real name, I didn't know what they looked like, I didn't know the church they were talking about, I didn't know anything about them, they were, they were given permission, if you will, to be brutal <laughs> and be honest and be vulnerable. And they did. They came through and they said, well, yeah, so this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, um, without oversharing, obviously. They, they said, you know, here's, here's all the things that happened. And one of the big things in their mind was God abandoned me. And that was, that was a key piece, that was a theme in this, that they were like, all these bad things happened. And I realized in that moment that they had a misunderstanding of bad things happening to good people and, and how that actually does happen and that, that God is with you in that journey. But the point is, in this process, they'd been hurt by the church because when they left, no one followed them up. Even though they were such an active member of the family, they were like, no one followed us up. So I had the opportunity to do a couple of things that day in that live stream. Firstly, I had the opportunity to apologize on behalf of a church that I had never been to in a country that I didn't know by saying, I'm so sorry that that's been your experience. And I want to encourage you to say that there are other churches out there that I'm sure would love to care for you, that you could be a part of if you wanted to, and, and start to have that dialogue with them. By the end of this conversation, which went for hours, by the way, they were at a point where they were like, you know what, maybe I am open to visiting a church again for the first time. If what you're saying is, is accurate. But I also got to do something else. I got to pray for them. Um, and this was pre-COVID, where everyone was okay with praying via a webcam. Um, but it was me just saying, do you mind if I pray for you real quick? And they were just like, um, dot, 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 I guess. Okay, all right, let's do that, right? And so, so I did. I prayed for them. I closed my eyes in 
front of my laptop and you know, they typed in amen, I said amen, it was this bizarre experience, and then they said to me, I've never seen anyone pray on Twitch before. And I said, me neither. But here we are. <laughs> and, and it was, it was this powerful moment. So anyway, the stream ends, um, I, I call my wife, she's working out of state at the time, I call her and I say, babe, you are not gonna believe what just happened. I just had the most powerful ministry conversation with someone that if I walked past them on the street, I wouldn't even recognize them, but they have now gone from, I haven't been to church in six years and I've, I've disconnected from any Christian friend that I ever had, to I might be willing to go again and we got to pray together and all that. And I told her, and I'm like, but you know the craziest thing? That it didn't actually happen in my nine to five full-time paid ministry job. <laughs> it happened in my free time when I got home from that ministry job. And, and that was an interesting moment for me. And it started what would be uh, a, a big shift in life. What then happened, again, that was March of 2018. By the end of 2019, um, this thing. I, I, I didn't call it a ministry. I didn't, you know, it wasn't some church-led whatever. It was just me getting home and telling people about Jesus, right? And, and it was as simple as that. And, and I did. And by the end of 2019, my wife picked up on something. She picked up on the fact that I would go in to work day after day, and by work I mean church, and I would get to share God's love with people, and there were lots of pastoral care calls that I would be in because of that, and lots of things. I mean, many of you here are in local church ministry, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. I would do all of those things, and then I would get home, I would turn on the computer, and I would do it all again. Because now when I get home, there ended up being hundreds of DMs, direct messages from people that were sent to me saying, hey, Pastor Scar, actually, I didn't even go by Pastor Scar at the time, I don't think, but they, they were just like, hey, um, could you jump in a call with me? My wife and I are going through a divorce right now, and we really need someone to talk to, and we're not comfortable talking to anyone else. Could could you do that? Someone else would message me and be like, hey, I'm going through depression right now. I distinctly remember someone who is a grandfather messaging me saying, my grandkid has depression and I don't know how to support them. So can we get in a call and talk about that? And these are all at crazy hours of the morning. So I would get home from work. I would do that until the early hours of the morning. I'd go to bed. I'd wake up. I'd go back to church and do it all again. We can all recognize that is a recipe for disaster and that burnout would be uh, pretty close around the corner. We recognize that too, and by we, I mean my wife. Um, and so, so Sarah, my wife, was just like, this isn't going to work long term. Like, yes, the fruit is incredible. Yes, so many people are being reached. Yes, the conversations are incredible, but there's going to be none of you left. Something's got to be figured out. And so I agreed. And so what I did is I booked an Airbnb um, not too far from our home, just by myself, without my wife, just, just myself and God. And for two days, I sat I fasted, I prayed, I cried. I, I, just, I remember sitting on the floor of this Airbnb in tears, just sitting with God and saying, God, I don't know what to do. Because you have brought me to this church and this ministry that I've been leading, and I love our youth group, and I love our kids, and I love our team, and I love our church, and I love what we're doing. But now this thing, this, this accidental ministry has, has happened, and there are so many more people that I'm reaching, people that are disconnected from Christianity and the church, people from all over the world, people that I don't know that I'm having more faith conversations with people organically in this other mode than I am in this space. God, what do I do? And I felt God in that moment, as I put pen to paper and wrote everything down, I felt God in that moment clarify something for me. And what I felt what God was saying was in that moment that Parkside, which is the church that I was at, 
Parkside can find another youth pastor, associate pastor, senior pastor, it doesn't matter. Parkside can find someone who has that gifting, that skill set, those passions, that know how the local church model works. Like, there are other people out there that do that and that can do that well. But who's in this space? And that I needed to be where the people are. I felt God saying that you need to be obedient. And I told you to go and make disciples of all nations. You're now doing that in this unique way, so you need to be where the people are. Now, I also knew the practical implication of that. One of these two things paid me a full-time salary. The other one didn't pay a cent. But the one that didn't pay was the one that was reaching more people for Jesus uniquely in a way that really, really mattered in that, that powerful mode. And that's where, for me, I was like, I didn't get into ministry to get paid. I didn't get into ministry to any of that. I did it because God told me to, and he's telling me this, so I need to do it. I call up my wife, and I tell her, this is what I think, and my wife, in all of her wisdom, and I love her for this to this day, says, okay, if God told you that, then he can tell me too. Let me pray about it. Absolutely. That's, that, that's fair enough. He can absolutely tell you too. So yes, Sarah, please pray about it. And she did. And a couple of weeks later, she's on a run. Um, she had kind of injured herself a little bit, so everyone else that was on this run was long gone. She was by herself. No one left, right, front, or back. She's on this run, and she's praying about this. And she knows that we are within a month of paying our first ever mortgage repayment. So our income, uh, sorry, our expenses were about to go up a lot, and I had the bigger income of the two of us. So if you can imagine that, it's not looking good. And essentially what the conversation is, is are we willing to lose the house? Because it's Statistic, like not statistically, but logically, that's what's going to happen. And we, we, she prayed into this, and while running, she audibly hears, audibly hears a voice say only four words, and that's it. She looks around left, right, front, and back. There is no one there. She hears a voice say four words, I will sustain you. And that was it. I get goosebumps telling this story because it's so real for us. After that, she drove to the church where I was at the time and she goes, hey, we're doing this. I'm like, what do you mean we're doing this? She's like, yeah, God said he's going to sustain us. No idea what that looks like, no idea what that means, but we've got to be obedient. We've got to trust him. It's probably going to hurt. We might lose the house, but we've got to trust him anyway. Let's do it. Spoke to the senior pastor. I resigned from my paid church, sorry, my paid church position. Um, and there began, you know, the, the rest of that story for us. And from that day, that, that first day, that first stream where the first person was reached to today, I, I looked at the stats just before I got on the big metal bird that flew me over to this country. Um, but right there, I, I looked the other day to just go, I wonder, in the, I've been doing this for almost, almost six years now. In those six years, how many unique individual people have we reached, just on Twitch alone, not including our presence on any other platform, just on Twitch, and by unique, I mean the same person showing up a thousand times, doesn't count a thousand times, unique viewers. And I looked and, man, it was this overwhelming feeling seeing that that number was just over 300,000 unique individual people scattered across over 115 different countries on planet Earth. And I'm like, I couldn't even... I haven't even been to that, like, like this. This is the actual list, by the way. This isn't like a generic Google image. I, I made this because I wanted to show you. The list is so big that it's not even fitting on the screen. Look at that. Um, but, but I want you to take a moment, and the reason why I asked the team if they could chuck this slide up is because I want you to actually look at this and think about some of these places. Like, actually think about those places. You're going to recognize something. You're going to recognize that some of the places you're seeing there are currently at war. 
you're going to recognize that some of the places you're seeing there are very much not a Christian nation, that's for sure. You're going to recognize that there are things happening culturally in every single one of these places. And we are speaking into that every time we hit that go live button. You don't know it, you don't see it, because they're not all typing in the chat, but my experience isn't too dissimilar from many other content creators in this room right now, where this is the kind of reach that we have in what we do. And that matters. I remember distinctly a moment where a viewer from the Ukraine was telling us about what was happening war-wise before it was even on the news. Before the rest of the world had found out, myself and our community knew and we were praying for it because we were hearing it from the front line. I distinctly remember different scenarios like that. You know, there was someone here in the US who, this one's hard to talk about. I mean, they're all hard to talk about, honestly, but their sister was working her job at a supermarket here in the US and an ex-colleague came in and shot her to death and others as well in the process. This person was in our chat the day that this happened. This person was there. Why did they talk about it? Because I, on stream with my wife, were talking about domestic violence. I was talking about women's safety. I was talking about how much that matters and how we need to have these conversations. We were talking about this, and that led this guy to say, hey, can I just say thank you for talking about this topic? Because this is what happened to my sister. And we've been journeying with that person ever since. We've had people in countries that are predominantly Muslim nations and, and different things like that that have told us that there physically is no church that they can go to. Like, they're like, we have like 100 people in our town. There's no church here. So you, you can't just say, hey, go join the local church. It's not an option for them. They're fully healthy, able-bodied, willing, but they just can't. There are places that there are people in places that I've spoken to that have told me that Christianity is essentially outlawed, but gaming isn't. Good thing Twitch isn't a Christian website, because this allows us this unique opportunity to be God's hands and feet, and to be in that space in a very unique and powerful way. And this, this is the world that we are in now. Like, this is the, the ministry that, that I lead and that so many others do such similar things. And again, I told you I'll tell you a story of, um, of learning. And I say this as an example. Also, I opened this water like 10 minutes ago, took no sip from it, so give me a sec. I was about to put the lid back on, and then I'm like, I'm still thirsty. Um, but I still remember this moment very vividly. Um, it was a moment for me where I had been within my first year of streaming um, and, you know, figuring all this out. And I remember one of our regulars sent me an Instagram DM, and it was pretty rough. They sent me an Instagram DM, and it was a long paragraph of why them and their entire family are no longer going to be a part of this community, that they are unfollowing everything, that they are hurt by me, and that, that it, was, it was rough. Like, it was like, you know, this is, this is what's wrong with, with you. But all it stemmed from was one thing. It's not like they had a list of, of issues. It was one thing. And all it was, I kid you not, was that my wife had put up an Instagram post and worded it 
the way that we would word anything at home in Australia. This other person didn't understand that the internet is global and that there are different cultures and contexts. So language that is not uh, a curse word or anything like that, language that a kindergarten kid could say to their teacher in Australia and no one would even think twice or, or blink. It was it, 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 actually, funnily enough, that post was a praise point that was posted of all things. It wasn't like a rant about anything. It was a praise point of them just of my wife saying, I'm so grateful to God for, for this. And at some point in that, this person had misinterpreted something and seen a particular word that for them was a trigger, and they were just like, I can't believe you would do that. You call yourself a Christian. Like, they went in. But it gave me this unique opportunity to do two things. One, to learn that this really is a global ministry and that I didn't even know that that word would be offensive in this other person's context, but it was. But it also gave me the opportunity to help them understand that and to talk to them about that and, and to apologize and, and to be willing to learn. And this is why I said at the start that willingness to learn is really important because there are words that you probably use every day that you're not realizing that there is someone that might be, that, that might be the blockage to your ministry actually reaching them. And that's really hard. I'm not saying that as uh, this is a really easy thing. Here's my cheat sheet. This is the list. Just avoid that and you're fine. No, no, no. What I'm saying is you're going to learn these often if you're willing to listen, if you're willing to, to find those things out, and if you're willing to adapt. You know, being available and accessible to all people means that. It meant that for me, changing that one particular thing to go, you know what? Could I go in and... and say that exact same sentence on a stage at a church in Australia and no one would even think twice about it? Absolutely. I know that to be true. But for this particular person, it was jarring. And for them, I had to go, hey, let me help you understand this. First of all, um, there's no way my wife could have possibly known that. So let's start at that, that baseline that we all don't know everything. And that's really important for them to understand that this wasn't an intentional thing. This was uh, a there's no way we could have known. From this conversation, we now know, though. And so we're like, okay, thank you for letting me know. Don't like the way you did it, but thank you for letting me know, right? Let's be real. Um, but, but, but that was the thing. Like, it, it's those learnings where we go, maybe we do need to just stop and, and listen a little bit. And we're really good at talking in this space, right? Like, the Every Twitch streamer, you know, we, we talk for a living. Like, it's, it's, it's what we do. But that valuable lesson for me was recognizing that that person, I could have just looked at what I do as being a ministry to Sydney or a ministry to Australia or whatever. Most of my context is there. I speak at local high schools, camps, conferences, churches, all that kind of stuff in Sydney specifically. Um, but that's not my context anymore. Hasn't been since I started doing this, and nor is it for you. And so for anyone here, as you're doing a, a live stream of your church service, as you're you know, in content creation, as you're doing all those things, recognize the fact that there are some weighty things going on behind the scenes for a lot of the people that you're connecting with, and that there's, you don't need to feel bad for not knowing that, and you don't need to feel bad for getting it wrong, but what we do need to do is have that posture of humility to go, you know what, I'm probably going to get this wrong. And I, I want to be willing to, to learn from that so that I can better represent Jesus and reach more people. There are things that today I do not know that a year from now I'm going to be like, man, I wish I knew that sooner. And I'm not going to know that until I get there and until I make that mistake because there's literally no way to know every language and every culture 
Um, but these are the things that I think are just so important to really recognize and to think about and, and to do. So what I want to just quickly do um, is I want to just give a few very basic um, principles, I guess. Um, things that I've learned along this, this journey of, of six years that I think are going to be helpful for those of you that are already in content creation and in that space, but also for those of you that are considering it. Um, a few very simple things that I wish I knew when I started. Essentially allow some of my mistakes to help you not make them. Um, but not all of them are even mistakes, they're just learnings. Um, and, and things that I think will, will better us as God's people. But the other thing that I want to do after that is we've got a roaming mic at the ready. I want to take some time to converse with you guys, to answer any questions or, or thoughts that you might have. Um, I'm going to do the same thing that I would do if this was one of our Twitch live streams. And what I mean by that is I'm going to say that there is no question that is off limits. Um, so whatever it is. You want to ask about how our finances work, send it. You want to ask how my marriage works, send it. Like, like whatever it is that you're thinking, hey, you know what, I would really love it if we could deep dive this a little bit more. I don't ever claim that I have every answer, because I don't, but I can at least engage with you in conversation about that. And if there is any way that I can invest in your life, then I would love to use this opportunity to, to really do that. So I, I give you that context that we're going to do that Q&A now so that you can start thinking about if there is something that you want to ask. And now I'm going to just run through um, a few of these things. And I can see he's ready with the mic. What a legend. What a legend. You can take a seat. No. Um, but yeah, awesome. So the first one, and this is so key, this is so important, right? It's very, very simply this. Recognize the need right? Recognize the need. And I don't just mean that in terms of, you know, gamers and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, in whatever your context is, this is so pivotal because when everything gets really difficult, this is the one that you're going to have to come back to. This is the one that is going to shape where you go is by recognizing the need. We've already talked about it today. Susie did a great job at, at sharing some of what that looks like. And we've been talking about it all throughout the day in terms of the, the need that there is, this huge people group of, of gamers everywhere. And, you know, the, the Bible tells us to go and make disciples of all nations, right? Like, it, it literally says this. And I grew up in a super multicultural church. The church that I was a pastor of had over 50 different nationalities of, of people in the one service together, worshiping God together. We had literal cultural flags, like countries' flags, along the walls of the auditorium. It was something that we were really intentional about, and we were in a very multicultural part of Sydney, so it made sense to, to do that. But I grew up thinking that I had already been reaching all nations. But what I had been doing is reaching people from those nations that had the luxury of moving to Sydney, right? That, that, that were within that, that area. Through ministries like what we are here talking about, using the internet, you are literally in these countries. The people that are watching you have been breathing different air from you, that have eaten different things to you, that are often in different time zones from you, that their, their upbringing, their worldview, their culture, everything is different, and you are in their room in that moment. That is an opportunity that is powerful, and it's worth recognizing that the need is so there, and we need to hold on to that. The other one is this. Think outside the norm. Just because things have been done a certain way doesn't mean it's the only way to do it. And I know that we're talking about a lot of innovative things, but I mean even within that. Even for those of us that have been streaming for years and years and years, like, the way that we've been doing things, the way that I've been doing things for the last six years doesn't have to be the only way that it's done. 
I think if we keep that posture of innovation and willingness to think outside the box, to, to think differently, to reassess what we do and go, okay, this thing was working then, is it still working now? Or this was the mode that that person did and it works for them, but does that mean that that's the only way that it has to be? Probably not. Dare I say it, the more variety that we have in that space, the more unique people groups that we will reach. The people that wouldn't be keen on this person's stream, that person's stream, or my stream, might be keen on someone else's as long as we are doing things with that variety. But that variety comes from thinking outside the norm. Another one that's super important is trusting in God's pace. And what I mean by that is, like I said, when I started streaming, it wasn't a zero to 100 story, not by a long shot. There were zero people there, but can I just say, in hindsight, I'm so glad they were. I'm so glad that there was a very slow process in this, because I would not have been ready. I would not have been able to handle it. I would have made so many people hurt. There, there would have been awful things, but God knew. He knew the pacing that I needed. And in the moments where I could handle it, he ramped that up. And in the moments that I couldn't, he slowed that down. And I love that. And I tell people that because often in this space, people will do something and be like, but I've been doing this stream or this, I've, I put up this video or whatever it is. And you know, I just wish that there were 100 people, 1,000 people, whatever it is that were watching that. But for me, in my personal lived experience, if there were 1,000 people that showed up right at the start of this, I would have burnt out, first of all. And more than that, I would have hurt a lot of people and a lot of damage would have been done, not just to myself and to people, but for the, the sake of the kingdom, I'm glad that God's pacing was different from my own because ambitiously we all want something, you know, the, the grass is greener on the other side, but sometimes what God is saying is actually just, just eat some of the grass already. <laughs> Because it's, it's there, and I, I'm providing for you what you need, when you need it. And, and that pace might not just be in terms of reach and viewership. That might be in terms of funding. That might be in terms of collaborations and support. That might be whatever that might be. But God's pace is better than our own, and it's very, very, very important that we know that. Another piece of this puzzle is obedience in sacrifice. I live by this one because it matters. When my wife and I had that conversation... Um, I didn't go into too much detail on it, but to expand a little bit, um, if, you, if you think of our family income, right? I'm going to be very raw with you guys here. If you think of our family income as 100% of what we've got, um, I was 60, Sarah was 40, right? So, so mine was the, the bigger share. That 60 was about to go to zero, okay? Um, this was end of 2019. Anyone remember what happened in 2020? A little thing called COVID. I think you guys might have heard of it. I'm not sure. Um, but that happened, and the place that Sarah was working for put out a company-wide policy that all staff members were going to get a 25%, or I think it was a 20% pay reduction for the same amount of work. So you're going to get paid four days a week while you work five days a week. What that means is that 40% that we were trying to stretch to be everything now became 30%. And at the same time that that was happening, our first ever mortgage repayment for a house that we signed the contract for three years prior, well before any of these thoughts were in my mind, was our first mortgage repayment was about to be due. On paper, it's a terrible idea. This is the worst time possible to make this happen. And yet, I felt that that was what God was saying, which is why the conversation with my wife and I was, what if we lose the house? It wasn't a hypothetical, like, our oh, worst case would be lose the house. It would be, uh, like, within the next two weeks, we won't be able to make that mortgage repayment. Are we still willing to do this? <laughs> we just bought our first home. Are we willing to lose it immediately? 
But the answer was yes, because we believe that God was doing something in this space and that people needed to be reached for Jesus. And that's why recognizing the need is so important, because in those moments, you come back to that, and you go, hold on, why did I do this in the first place? Was it worth it then? Is it worth it now? And are we going to have to figure it out? Yeah. And here we are six years later, and we're still figuring it out. There have been moments where we have had it good for a season, where we're like, sweet, I actually have an income now. How good's that? And then there have been moments that we have been like, okay, we need to move in with my in-laws. We need to stop spending. We, you know, like that, that's, we've, we've lived both of those journeys, and we probably will again. I don't know what two years from now looks like, but I know that God will still be with me two years from now as he was two years ago, and that is what we pin to. Love it. Thank you for the encouragement. What a legend. Hey, here's another one, and there's only two left, and this is the second last one. Don't quit, adapt. Did you catch that? Did you catch the subtle difference there? Don't quit, adapt. And the reason why I say this is the way you currently think you need to do things is probably going to change. The game you play might change. The platform you use might change. The people group that you reach might change. But don't quit, adapt. And this pins back to, again, that first point of recognizing the need. Because if the need is still there, then if you quit, all you're doing is saying to that people group that the need is no longer there, right? I use this example when I speak in churches that don't understand gaming culture and everything. And I say to them, you know, if I was wanting to reach the gamers of the world, if that's my people group and I want to reach the gamers of the world, and I try live streaming and it doesn't work and all that kind of stuff, does that mean that the gamers of the world can't be reached? No. It means that the need is still there. I just need to figure out a different way to do it. It means that I'm not going to quit on the people, but I'll adapt my method in terms of how I do that. People come up to me and they go, Scott, you play Fortnite a lot. What happens if Fortnite dies? I'm like, that's okay. It's not a Fortnite ministry. It's not a Fortnite stream. Okay, but what, what happens if, if Twitch gets shut down? That's okay. It's not a Twitch ministry either. At the end of the day, as long as gamers exist, they're going to be somewhere. My job is to see where they are, to find them, and to meet them where they are, right? At no point did I feel God being like, as long as they're on Twitch, then reach them. No, he said reach them. And so I went at the time, in 2018, when I made the decision of what I'm going to do and how, Twitch was the space. It was the only space I knew of. And so that's where I was. But does that mean that I'm now forever pinned to that or anything else? Absolutely not. I'm not going to quit, but I am going to adapt in varying different ways. The games, you know, we've been playing the same game for roughly six years, but what it looks like now, super different from what it looked like six years ago, and what it will look like next year even is going to be different from now, even if it's the same game, because of adapting and meeting those needs as they come up. And hey, here's the final one before we go to some questions. Um, Here's the final one. Actually, let me just check where we at for time. Oh, we're good. Love that. Final one. Don't limit God. Because I am someone, like many of you, I'm sure, that am often limiting myself. I am someone who has struggled with depression. I am someone who has struggled with suicidal thoughts. I am someone who, that has been my story, that has been my journey, that I'm grateful that I'm even here on this earth, let alone on this stage. And all throughout my journey, it has been scattered with self-doubt. And that's why this is on there, because I know that that is not a unique story to me. Because what I've learned to do is to say, you know what, I'm not going to limit God. Because where I can't, He can. And there's a lot of things that I can't. So much of what I do, almost everything that I do, 
Every time I've been invited to speak somewhere or that someone has been willing to fly me somewhere, I'm just like, why? I'm like, I, I am not equipped for this. I am not, like, the, the, I'm, I'm just some guy who tells people about Jesus every now and then. And, and yet God continues to just be like, that is true. And, and keep that posture. You are just some guy that tells Jesus, but I'm going to open up an opportunity so that you can encourage some other guy to also tell people about Jesus. Because we're all just normal human beings. Not one of us is better than another, like regardless of your channel size and all of those kinds of things, like to sit in that space of going, God is the one that is at work in this. And we need to trust Him, trust His pace as we talked about, but not limit Him. This is the same God, right? The same God that could speak the entire earth into existence. That God is the God that you and I pray to. That's the God that we talk about. And sometimes we're tempted to be like, yeah, he can create the entire universe, but he couldn't reach that person. Are you kidding? Like, of, of course he can, if we're willing to lean in, to be obedient, and to trust in him, and to not put this arbitrary wall up that goes, yeah, all right, you know, that's possible, but this isn't. But for me, I go, yeah, there are plenty of things that I can't do, but there's nothing he can't do. And so I'm just going to lean into that. I'm going to recognize that where I can't, he can. And in anything that you are doing and considering, I encourage all of us to sit on that and go, you know what? Where I can't, he can. And that is so unbelievably important. So to recap, it's recognizing the need. It's thinking outside the norm. It's trusting in God's pace. It's being obedient in sacrifice. It's not quitting, but adapting, and all of that tied together with not limiting God. It's so important. These are the things that I have lived by, and it is the only reason why I've been able to continue doing what I do, because I've had to adapt. I've had to be obedient in sacrifice. I've had to recognize the need and remember the need. I've had to not limit God, even when I'm mentally limiting myself. Like, all of those things are a reality, not just for me, but for so many of us. And I guess that's just kind of what I wanted to encourage you guys with and, and share. Um, I think what I might do, we've got time for some Q&A, which is brilliant, um, I think. Do we? Am I, I'm like, what time is it in this country? I don't even know anymore. All right, yeah. Um, but I think what I might just do is I might just pray for us, just to kind of wrap up this this headspace, because um, we're just going to switch up the tone a little bit as we jump into the Q&A. And again, um, for the Q&A, like, fire away. Like, I, I've, yeah, I'm a live streamer, so thinking on the fly is kind of what we do. So, like, don't feel bad for me. Like, just, just yeah, it's all good. Um, let me pray. Father God, oh, Lord, I pray for every single person, not just here in the room, but those that are tuning in. Lord, this, this moment is going out far beyond this room. And I pray that this, the impact of this moment goes out far beyond today. But Lord, that someone in this space will just feel what it is that you are, are prompting them at. Lord, I don't know what stage of all of those things that we're all at. Father, I, I don't, but you do. You've known every single one of us since before we were even born, Lord. You, you, you love us dearly. You care for us so much. You've given us your word to instruct us on how we are to live. And Lord, I just pray for an extra dose of the strength that we need to actually do it, to actually be obedient, to actually lean into the things that you are telling us and that you are doing all around the world in a way that is so unique to the way that things were once upon a time. But Lord, we might be surprised by some of this, but you're not. Lord, you knew 
You knew before the world existed that there would be a day where from one place we could reach all places, Lord. You knew this, and you've been prepping so many of us for this, and I just pray for that, Lord. I just pray for what you are doing in this space, for what you have already done, and for what it is that you are going to do, and I pray that you just encourage the people in this room and beyond to really step into that, to lean into you, and to never limit what it is that you are capable of, as long as we keep our eyes fixed on you and recognize that this is all, always has been, and always will be about you. So thank you, Father, for this opportunity. In your son's name I pray. Amen. Awesome. And wow, hands straight up. I love, I love the passion, can I just say. Send it. Yeah, let's go. Full send. I like crowds like this where I can use random gaming terms and like, yeah, right? How good? Like, All right, so I'll use this. I don't really need it. But uh, for context, yes. in college, I was a youth minister. I was hired by the church to be a part-time youth minister. Uh, if anybody has worked with youth, there is no such thing as a part-time youth minister. Very true. Um, so with that in mind, if someone in the audience hears your story and they think this is, or hear Susie's story, and they think, I want to do this. I want to stream. I want to have that as a ministry. What does that look like from a commitment standpoint, a time standpoint, and yep. an expectation? Help set that. Totally. I think what's really important is recognizing your world and your capacity. I think a lot of people burn out because they try and just shove everything in at once. I was on the same path to do the same thing, right? I, I think for a lot of people, they sit in this space of going, I want to do all this. But I think one challenge that I have in that regard is a similar principle when people say, if I had X amount of money, then I would give to charity, right? It's just like, okay, but you're, you're starting with this goal of when I'm a millionaire, then I'll give. How about we see what we've got? What is it that God has already put in your hand? What space do you have? And maybe it's not much, but maybe it's enough to, to get your feet wet, to just, just, just try something. For me, what that looked like was an hour after work of me just doing the video game I was going to play. See, the way that I thought about it back then was I'm not losing any time because this is the time that I would have been gaming either way. So my logic was if no one shows up, it's all good. I haven't committed anything to this. Like All I did was hit go live. That was it. It was just, uh, I'm going to be gaming either way. Might as well turn the camera on. That obviously changed as capacity changed, as God's calling changed, as all those things happened. But the beginning of it was, uh, let's just do the thing and, and kind of figure it out. I love that that's the way it happened. Because what it didn't mean is that I went in with a logo and a name and a schedule and a, like, like all these things. I didn't go in with a church team that were praying for me. Not that there's anything wrong with that, my goodness. But like, you know, that, that was the thing, right? But it was something that I didn't even tell anyone about because in my mind, it was just me living out my Christian life. It wasn't a full-blown whatever. But then when God wanted it to be one, I was able to then turn that into it. But it came from starting in that space of going, What's my capacity? Like, what, what can I do today or now that doesn't have a huge weight? It's not like I was saying to Sarah on day one of me thinking about this, hey, I think I'm going to resign from my job. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, let me trust in God's pace again and, and go through that process. But also, not just sit on the sideline, but recognize that I actually can, can be in this mode and, and have that opportunity. So, awesome. Yes. 
All right, so so this is something that you hinted at when you talked about when you mentioned it's like, oh, what do you do if Twitch goes away? Well, something that I as a content creator, I'm a yep. podcaster, I do some YouTube live streaming as well on the side. Some of it's gaming, some of it is just discussions and all of that. But something that I tr that I have become acutely aware of, and thankfully it hasn't really come my way yet, is that these platforms will often do censorship of content that I don't like, especially if it expresses views that those who run those platforms don't agree with. Most of it has been political, but is that something that you ever worry about with Twitch? As I know there's been a lot of recent controversies with Twitch and all that, and if so, how do you navigate it? Totally. Great question. I think for me, my answer to that leans into something that I mentioned before, like, like you said, which is I want to be where the people are. And so if Twitch continues to be the spot where gamers gather and my calling is to reach gamers, then that's the mode that I want to operate in and to be present in. I never see myself as someone who is, uh, this is the only way that I'm going to do it. I can't say with full confidence that I will even be streaming this time next year. I wish I could say that, but really, I don't want to limit myself to that because if God says otherwise, I want to be willing. And I don't want to be like, no, but I'm a streamer, God, and, and have to go through that wrestle. I am a streamer, and that is what I do with most of my time. And as far as I'm aware, it's what I will be doing well beyond a year from now. But I like to sit in that space of going, you know what? I'm not fixed to any of these individual things of the world, I guess, but rather that willingness to adapt. I think doing what you said of being on different platforms and that kind of thing is super important. Um, it, it's a very helpful practice to know that if something goes down, there's another one there, all that kind of stuff. And knowing where you prioritize, also super important. But for me, it's that mode of going, okay, if everyone moves from Twitch to YouTube, then I will also be there. And, and lots of platforms have come and gone, as many of us have seen. Um, and for me, I go, that that change is is a fairly big one and so until like i'm happy to not be an early adopter when it comes to that side of things um let me put it that way and the only reason why even though in a lot of areas of my life i am the only reason why is because i want to be where the bulk of gamers are if the bulk of gamers are on youtube that's where i'll be yeah. i was going to say that's why kick exists now because people were disenchanted with Twitch, so they started an alternative platform. And there are other ones like that are cropping up. Rumble has come up as yep. a competitor with YouTube and, and all of that. You know, And people are watching those platforms yep. to see what's going to happen with them because YouTube and Twitch still remain yep. the two big places. But totally. both Rumble and Kick are gaining momentum right yep. now. And can I just say, like as a Christian, I am so glad that we don't, and don't hear this wrong, but I'm so glad we don't all just band together and go, Christians will only be on this platform because then we're missing people. I love the fact that Susie streams on Kick, even if I don't, because he's there sharing God's love with people and I'm here sharing God's love with people. And at no point should anyone ever see Christian ministry, if that is your heart, if your heart is ministry, at no point should it ever be a competition between anyone. Like, I live by one pr principle that I've spoken on stages around the world about, and it's one sentence, on the high tide, all the boats rise. And a win for you is a win for me, and a win for me is a win for you. A local church up the road, if their youth group sees someone become a Christian, I should be celebrating that, regardless of who they are and what's going on in their world. If one of our kids leaves and goes there, praise God that they are there, right? And that's my posture in 
IRL ministry. It's my posture in streaming. It always has been. It always will be. And so for that reason, with those other platforms, I love that there are people that are in those spaces. But that's where each person needs to go, again, what's in their capacity. For me, multi-streaming right now isn't in my capacity. And that's just the honest answer. I haven't had enough time to look into it and do stuff with it. Might I a few months from now? Maybe. But I'll let Kieran of a few months from now figure that out. <laughs> And also, if someone involved, oh, I think that's the answer. I was going to say, someone can tell me how many more questions. And I, there was a one finger in there. You got the final question, bro. That's important. Nice. <laughs> so, been having a ton of great conversations, a lot of people here. And I think there's a common ground that a lot of us are facing is, like the way I would describe it right now, I think right now we're still in the stages of like toiling the soil of the global capital C church's, I guess, receptiveness to what we're doing but you're in a different country, right? Mm -hmm. So we'd love to hear like when you're traveling, speaking over there, talking with pastors, are you, do you feel like you're also hitting that wall, maybe a lack of understanding? Is Australia kind of against this nerd culture? How are things for you over there that maybe is different from us over here? Totally, great question. Um, it, is, it is quite different from what I've heard. Obviously, I haven't experienced you know, America's culture in that sense, but I do know my own. I know, know my own context. And um, thankfully, there, it's, it's widely accepted that the, the wider church don't understand it, but they're glad that someone else does, <laughs> which is the reason why I get so many invites to so many churches and things across the country, because they're going, you know what, Scar, we have no idea what you do, but it sounds important, so could you come to our church and tell the rest of our congregation about it? Because none of us know what you do, and we'd love to hear it. And so that is why I, I go in and I say, yep. So essentially, I get to be a spokesperson for all of you guys and say, hey, this is what ministry in a digital mode looks like. I'm not the only one that does this now, praise God. But there are people doing all these different things, and this is what it looks like, and just opening their mind to it. But the amount of times that like senior pastors of churches in Australia have reached out to me and said, can you speak at this conference? Can you speak at this church or whatever? Because... I don't even get it, and I know my congregation doesn't, but I do know that two Sundays ago, when I spoke to this particular mom about what their kids were up to on the weekend, she said they were just gaming the whole time. <laughs> and so that's where he's like, they're recognizing that the people are gaming, they don't know how to connect with that, they're meeting with me to help bridge that gap with them, um, but it's awesome. And you know the craziest part is even the secular space is platforming us in a way, even though we're Christian, which is wild. We've been in the news, not Christian media, like we've been in Christian media as well, but like one of the biggest like secular news channels that have put out articles that many would call a hit piece on many churches and that kind of thing, did an article about what we do, and it was entirely positive top to bottom. Now, to get to that point, we had to answer some hard questions, and we had to have good answers to them, right? We needed to make sure we had full financial integrity and accountability, but to make sure that there were safe ministry practices in place. There were different things. So when they asked the hard-hitting questions, I wasn't like, oh, never thought of that. But instead, I could say, well, actually, yeah, so this is what we do. Um, and I remember that. And, and that leads to even more because, again, that's not a Christian news agency, but they've gone, you know what? What you're doing seems to be helping people. We don't agree with the faith part of it, but the net positive here is that this seems to be a good thing. Similar to, and I don't know if this is a thing here, but similar to like 
Christian organizations and groups being allowed into like public schools to do certain things to help the school community, where they go, we know that you're a Christian group, but we're still going to let you in because we would love the help. Um, and so that's the state space that, that we're in that has allowed us some really unique opportunities. And uh, God's been doing some crazy things, that's for sure. Mm, absolutely. Thank you for asking. And I think that is a wrap. Yeah. Hey, let's get up for Scar. <laughs> woo, 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 woo.